Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the League Championship Series Week edition of Southside Sox. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer of sharing Sox, not Southside Sox. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will. And while I wear an old Warren Ozzie Guillen signed uh, White Sox hat, he is wearing an Alabama, where in Alabama? Rocket City. I don't know what Rocket City actually is. Haven't bothered to Google it, but uh, somewhere in Alabama. Uh, probably Huntsville I, I, and uh, Alabama. Trash Pandas, because his Thursday night softball team is Trash Pandas. The Burbank Trash Pandas. Uh, so I'm not wearing a Rocket City Trash Pandas hat. I'm wearing a Burbank Trash Pandas hat. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. We're four and two. People who listen to this podcast uh, over the last, you know, year know that my Thursday softball team uh, was uninspired in our first season together with our one and ten record. Uh, <laughs> but now uh, four and two, crushing it. It's looking good. Big shout out to my Burbank Trash Pandas, none of whom listen to this podcast. <laughs> All right, that that's fair enough. But probably none of whom are White Sox fans. Correct, correct. It's uh, pretty Dodger heavy there, so it's been bleak lately. Morale <laughs> has been low. Uh, we it's even have a front office guy on our team, and uh, he's not does, been happy. What does what does he say about what it's like around the old office? Not good. It's not good. And I uh, that was the first thing I said. I was like, so what's it like at a baseball team when you actually work for the team and you have to go to work on Monday after being eliminated on Saturday? 
And when you were the favorites of the whole universe. Yeah, I mean, he legitimately said, it's like going to work when you're the biggest disappointment in baseball history, maybe. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's tough. And You know, it's kind of nice of the Dodgers to do that from a White Sox point of view, because every write-up on the season said the White Sox are the most disappointing team. And now you got it. Well, they were the most disappointing in the regular season, but in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I went to I went to game two. Uh, was gonna go to game five if it got there, and it did not get there. Um, but yeah, Dodgers Dodgers just fell asleep at the plate. It was really bizarre to watch. Credit to the Padres, although the Padres didn't do anything particularly impressive in those games. Uh, Josh Hader is somehow back. Um, I well, think he's been back for a few months. I think last two couple an, months to an extent, but not really. He's really just picked it up in the last month, and he's now looking like Josh Hader of May. I don't know what happened in that middle chunk of the season where he went from the best pitcher in baseball to the worst pitcher in baseball, and then now he's the needle is slowly coming back to the best pitcher in baseball. I have no explanation for that. I don't think I've heard an explanation for that. Um, but yeah, the Padres are, are the Southern California representatives. I guess that's who I'm rooting for from here on out. Um, I'm not particularly excited by the prospect of Manny Machado getting a ring. He's, He's up there. Every team that's playing right now has at least one guy I can't stand. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, with the Astros, it's... No, you not. Uh, you can't standing them because the White Sox were supposed to get them and didn't? <laughs> or, uh... Uh, it's a mix. I mean, usually it's a mix of that, plus they are sort of known for bad attitude and being a jerk. Uh, which is where my anti-Machado comes from. Although on the field, I don't see any bad attitude of Machado on the field. I mean, he's hustling all the time. He's. I, I also think he's he's kind of turned a corner a little bit over the last couple of years. I think he's gone from being like sort of a bad boy, unlikable type to uh, being more of a leader and. So I'm I'm definitely rooting for the Padres. I don't love Machado. I don't love rooting for Juan Soto. Uh even though Soto's great, he just you know, it's just not a guy I'm ready to root for yet. I want to. I want to like the Padres so badly. I love you, Darvish. Um so maybe I'll get over it by the end of this podcast and I'll just I'll I'll <laughs> go full blown Padres on this thing. Definitely rooting for them. Phillies, you've got Harper. I have such a hard time rooting for Bryce Harper. Uh, again, it's kind but of the sure same thing. He sure comes through. He's a clutch player. I know. And, and a former mega jerk, maybe he's not a jerk anymore. I oh, he was it, a, as a teenager, he was an incredible I jerk. But, yeah, immature. So, yeah, yeah. And I can't hate a guy who's different in his late 20s than he was when he was 19. I mean, that's every guy. Um find it so hard to root for Kyle Schwarber, which is only because uh, he was on the Cubs either. World Series team. Uh, and then you, you get to the Astros where I think to myself, man, I can't stand any of these guys. And then you break it down player by player, and there's really not much not to like about these guys. <laughs> they play better than everyone else, and it's really fundamental baseball that they play. 
I find myself not liking Kyle Tucker because his neck is so long, which doesn't seem <laughs> fair. Uh, I find myself not liking Altuve because of the cheating scandal, which he maybe wasn't even really involved in. It was five years ago. <laughs> it's very unclear at this point, and it turns out maybe every team was doing anyway. And the uh, White Sox apparently were heavily doing in the 80s under the Hall of Famer baseball person. And and how do you not like that pitching staff, which is just remarkable Unreal. to watch? Unreal. Uh, the best pitching staff maybe of my lifetime when you're talking about starters through the bullpen. I mean, it's an unbelievable pitching staff. The Astros should win the World Series. They should win the World Series. Let's be real. Then the Yankees are the Yankees, but this is like – it's the honestly, here's my thing. You know I hate the Yankees. I've always hated the Yankees. I would almost be okay with this Yankees team if they didn't have Josh Donaldson. Because <laughs> I point. I actually really like a lot of these players. I like Aaron Judge. I think he's a great guy off the field. He's really great with kids. He's Stanton, really Stanton is apparently a good guy. Stanton seems like an awesome guy and you know, he's he's got the batting stance to end all batting stances. I would be so scared to face Giancarlo Stanton. You've got Nestor Cortez, who's one of the most fun pitchers to watch in all of baseball because he's all about the antics. Uh, he's all about mixing it up with 18 different delivery speeds. What's not to like about that? I mean, the this is a Yankees. Harrison Bader, who is just a baller. He is a ball player who looks awful without his facial hair, but is embracing it on the Yankees where you're not allowed to have a beard and long hair. Uh, he's been huge. But Josh Donaldson, I just, I mean, he's a top two player I like the least in all of Major League Baseball. So he's just ruining these Yankees for me. And, I, you know, I would never cheer for the Yankees, but there was a world where, okay, if Aaron Judge got to win, I would feel okay with it, because he is what's good about baseball. If you don't like Aaron Judge, you don't like baseball. He's he's a freak show in terms of his size and his abilities, yet he's still a good fielder. Uh, he's not just a, a massive You mentioned bat. the fielder. That's an... I... And it's my own fault. Just kind of picture the Yankees, and I guess because of history, uh, well, and also hitting all the homers this year, it's just these great big lugs, base-to-base, one-at-a-time, homer-hitter, lope around the – they're the number one fielding team in baseball. By every category of, of fan graphs or baseball reference, they're number one, whether it's whether it's Boozer or Artot or defensive run saves or DEF. They're the best, and that just amazes me. But that shortstop, wow! The, yeah, the, the it, two rookie shortstops last night put on a hell of a show. Yeah, it's it's we're, pretty. Exciting. I should say we're recording this on Friday, so we're talking about Thursday night game two, and, and where we are is one one in the National League, and and the Astros up two in the American. League. Should point that out, I guess. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a Yankee team that's sort of defense forward, which is shocking and, and has some great pitching. Uh, the pitching doesn't, as we're already seeing, stack up against Houston's. Um, Houston's pitching staff is just one of the best ever. I mean, they across and the, the board. And the Astros have great defense. They're, they're right behind the Yankees. It's, it's the Yankees, the Guardians, and the Astros in the American League as, as the primary 
defensive teams. I mean, both teams have one defensive liability, left field. They have they both have one defensive liability. With the Yankees, that's probably going to be Giancarlo Stanton out there, who has actually started playing some very good left field <laughs> in uh, Houston. It's Wednesday night, he made a great grab going back. Oh, where he knocked out part of the scoreboard because yeah, he's yeah. a monster. Yeah, I mean, he's he's playing well. It helps, uh, and I think the announcers talked a little bit about this. It helps being a bad left fielder in Houston because anything hit over your head's a home run. So, you know, those Crawford boxes are such a gimme for home runs. It's It's very easy to uh, just play sort of with your back against the wall and just play everything forward, uh, which helps a lot. Jordan Alvarez being the defensive liability if he's in the field and left field for the Astros, but he actually hasn't been playing that terribly out there either. So they're fielding exceptional center fielders and right fielders. The left fielders are stepping up. The infielders, the infields are spectacular. And we're seeing, I mean, it, it is the matchup we knew we were going to see in the ALCS, uh, you know, after we learned in, I don't know, April that the White Sox weren't going to be any good. Uh, we knew that this was likely going to be our matchup. So I guess the baseball gods are saying, you know, we'll give you, we'll give you what you expected in the AL and in the NL. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you the exact opposite. I just, I will say this. One reason for particularly rooting for me for the Padres and the Astros is it means that the Phillies and Yankees fans don't get what they want because I can't absolutely can't stand Yankees fans. I don't know many Phillies fans or any Phillies fans, but their reputation is is just damn horrible. Yeah. On the flip side of that, I would love to see a World Series in November in New York and Philadelphia where four games get snowed out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's uh if you're going to go the schadenfreude route, uh, I think that that's a, a, a fair way to do it. Uh, I, I'm definitely all in on the Padres to win. I don't see how they could, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I agree. I, despite how I work on network TV from time to time, nothing makes me foam at the mouth more than the idea of a series that's completely unappealing to the networks. <laughs> so, uh, Houston and San Diego is, is what we're looking for there. Uh, because I think the networks are praying with everything they have, uh, that it will be Phillies, Yankees for the sake of, of the markets that tune in to watch these things. I mean, Houston has a, a pretty huge fan base at this point, but they lost a big part of their fan base. So they're, they're not necessarily an appealing team nationally. The Padres have no national appeal outside of a, a, a couple stars. Um, Phillies Yankees is definitely, I, I forget who has the World Series this year, but those, those networks. Or has a better record. It's the, by record. Well, I just mean which network has the, uh, oh, yeah, the I, World I, I Series. Know. The AL is hosting the World Series no matter what. Uh, and oh, that would have, yeah, obviously. That, <laughs> yeah. that would have been true even if Cleveland had, had beaten the Yankees. The AL was going to be the home team. Um, just because of our weird little wild card <laughs> NLCS we've got going over there. Uh, we have what, uh, today's, as you said, is Friday. So we have, we should have game three of that series today. Game three of the National League. And, and then the American League is, is kind of weird. They're off. Today, Friday, but then they put because they got backed up with the two rain days in Cleveland. 
they play five straight games, which really, really plays funny. Yeah, it's going to play funny things with your pitching, which means if uh, Cole pitches, he'll pitch game three. Uh, he only has three days rest. Should there be a game seven? I'm sure they'll bring it back on three days rest, but still, it's it's a diff- different situation than you would normally have because you'd normally have another day off in there between games five and six for the travel time back. Well, Houston has has broken the trend of of road teams dominating in this postseason, but uh, I don't see a world where we get to a game seven just because Houston. I, I don't either. Houston's I think the kind Yankees of going through the game. Rolodex. I think Cole, Cole may win game three because you're going number three against number one at home. I, I, I think that's very probable. For sure. Uh, the only thing I would say for that is uh, Houston can throw. Uh, they have a couple options. I, I don't know if they've declared who's throwing yet. Well, McCullers is a great postseason pitcher. And that's the thing. You've got two options who are both number ones on many teams in the in the majors. So uh, game three, I think we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I would be shocked if Houston loses that series at this point. I think the NL series is way more of the what's going well, that's, on here. Yeah, I, I, I haven't looked at 538 since Houston won last night. They were already two-to-one favorites before winning game two. I'm sure they're like 80% favorites now or something. That they they have the National League series is an absolute 50-50. They can't make up their minds. The computer yeah, can't make yeah. up its mind. Which, as we learned from our uh, 538 guide, baseball is the, the closest of the sports uh, that always – it always comes down to essentially about 50-50. Uh, we're definitely seeing that in the in the NL right now. Two wild card teams that could win, could lose, don't know, <laughs> have no clue what to expect. They've both thrown their, their two aces. So I'm, I really have no idea what to expect for the rest of the Padres Philly series. I think there's a chance we could get some pretty high scoring games three and four, uh, which is kind of exciting. Uh, but yeah, we should take our break here though. Come back, talk about, uh, the Chicago. Hold on. Let me check my notes. White Sox. Um, I've heard of them. Are they double A? I think they're double A. <sighs> This year, yeah, they've been triple A but got relegated. Yeah, they got sent down. That's that's always rough. Uh, so stick with us, and we'll be right back on sharing socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. In the first half, we talked 
postseason baseball. Now let's just move on to a little bit of White Sox talk. Not a lot going on uh, right now because teams can't really make any moves till the World Series wraps up. But there are some things There's the manager uh, to question. talk about. Manager question. Big question. Big question mark. What do you got? Apparently, apparently the, the Marlins are getting a little step ahead. They've taken a spot at Potra and, and have uh, got to second interviews with both of them. Uh, the White Sox have uh, at least talked to Espada. Uh, and it's interesting because usually you think you can't talk to somebody until the full season's over. And, of course, he's with the Astros. He's interviewing with everybody. <laughs> they're apparently doing everything they're doing without a bench coach because he's around interviewing all over the place. Um, I, boy, I would, the idea of a bench coach from the Astros who's learned at the sign of Dusty Baker and learned what a really winning team can be, that's pretty great. On the other hand, the bench coach of Tampa Bay does it with no money. Uh, you know, that's, that's pretty damn impressive too. I think either one of those would, would, would be terrific. And it, that would be learning under a younger, uh, manager, but a great one, and Kevin Cash. So, uh, boy, I, I kind of hope it's one of those two. Other things that uh, Ron Washington has bandied about, uh, Willie Harris uh, has popped up as, as a name on occasion. He has managed in the minors for the White Sox. I'd like somebody just is not really sure what park the White Sox play in. I mean, that's, that's, I just want somebody away from this organization. Yeah. And they've done it. I think they're going at it backwards. I think you should have fired. Kenny Williams first, and then Rick Hahn, and then the manager, and work their way down. Which should fire Jerry first, but that takes a while. Uh, you know now that Williams and Hahn are going to be there. You know that no matter who the manager is, he's got a piece of crap general manager going to screw everything up. Uh, they've already got $148 million obligated for next year. That's with no Jose Abreu. Wow. Uh, so, yes, Han said the money would be spent. He neglected to say it would be spent stupidly, but he certainly did spend it as stupidly as you can. Yeah, they've got 26% of that payroll is tied up with five relief pitchers. Wow. And, and so that's at least uh, two of whom are useless. So that's Hendricks, Graveman, Kelly. Uh, Deekman. Deekman. That's who I'm trying to think of. My God. Um, just, just real, really, really bad news. Uh, I mean, uh, having money tied up, I think I've said this before on the cast, having money tied up in Graveman and Hendricks is kind of what you would expect. Having money tied up in Deekman and Kelly. Whoa, boy. That is just not a good place to be. Yeah, both amazingly stupid in Kelly's case because you knew he was hurt and you signed him for two years and eighteen or sixteen million dollars anyway. Uh, yeah, not only knew he was hurt, but knew he was on the decline even when he was healthy. I, it yeah. just it made no sense whatsoever. I I truly thought to myself, if they're signing Joe Kelly, they're going to sign him to a cheap deal just so he'll throw at Carlos Correa when they play the Twins. <laughs> and he didn't even do that. 
So he's he's not even hitting, you know, the the guy we need him to not that I condone hitting players with pitches, but I couldn't figure out any reason to have Joe Kelly other than fights. Uh and we didn't even get any good Joe Kelly fights. So what a what a waste. Um are what what moves what are the moves we can make? Well, let's see what we have. They, yeah. There are two team options. One is uh Tim Anderson. No brainer, twelve and a half million. The other, and I think they're going to really screw this up. I bet they do. I, I, and Southside Sox, each of us was picking one player to write about at the end of the season, and mine is Josh Harrison, who I, who I really like. Uh, but Harrison's option, because he uh, played so much, is at $5.625 million, But there's a buyout at $1.5. So essentially it's costing them $4 million to keep Josh Harrison. Uh, figure $4.5 million to a war. And I'm going to use baseball reference stuff. He played at 1.6 war. So he's well worth the money. Plus, he absolutely sucked in April and May. And from June on, he was one of the best offensive players on the team. He had two months where he hit over 300, June and September. In September, when they really needed it, he came through. And others did not. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, if, if if you're not going to pick up Harrison's option at that price, um, I don't know who you're going to put out there for the same my bet amount is, of money. My bet is they don't, and that Han will do, do this thing about it's going to be Romy Gonzalez and Lenin Sosa, neither one of whom. Right, I think Gonzalez is, is not a major league player, period. Maybe a utility infielder for a bad team, such as the Sox. But he's not a starter. He's not a major league starter. Not, Sosa yeah, may no Sosa may become one. Sosa may well become one. He ain't there yet. He's got another year at least to go. At least, yeah. Uh, but well, that, those, that sounds. I, I, like I guess, I'm guessing they don't pick up Harrison and they save the money again and then they blow it somewhere. Uh, of course, then, you know, in the White Sox eyes, we already have a second baseman in Leori Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And that's the thing. Harrison would have had a much higher, a fair amount higher war, except for play. the Hall of Famer baseball person's obsession with, with Leori so that he didn't play very much. Uh, and then at the end of the season, I can understand that they wanted to play the young guys instead in, in the latter days of September just to see what they do like on a major league level. And it turns out they stink. Uh, for now. And then beyond those two, there are the arbitration questions. So where you can tender or not tender. Obviously you tender Giolito, even though you figure he's going to make about 11 billion. Uh, yes, he had a very bad year, but you don't take a chance of losing that because you're yeah, going to lose yeah, that's... I, I think for the way he talked about this team, and it's interesting that the three players really willing to come down on the players, the other players, were the three really veteran pitchers. Lynn and Cueto and Hendricks, they all were quite willing to say that this team is not really trying to play baseball very And that's another thing I love about Josh. He loves baseball. You need somebody out there who looks like he likes the game instead of being forced out at gunpoint. Um, Cease, obviously, pick up that option. Uh, Lopez, definitely pick up that option. He, he, yeah. he had a great year. Uh, how much, uh, how much is that option? Do you know? Uh, well, of course, they're guessing because it's arbitration. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but the guess at MLB trade rumors was uh, 3.3. So, Oh, you well have to take well that. With, yeah, yeah. 
angle. Interesting question. Uh, we have both always liked Adam Engel. He had a rough year. I mean, he even had a rough year defensively, uh, which you don't expect. So uh, depends what they're able to do otherwise. But, of course, you have to make these decisions before you find out whether you have any trades or free agents or anything like that. Right. What is the <laughs> prediction for angle? Do you remember? 2.3. Well, so that's pretty four. low. I, I mean, I, I I would pick it up. I think maybe they will. Kopech, that's a no-brainer. You take that one. Uh, Crick, no, you don't take that one. No. Uh, Ro- Ruiz estimated at a million. I mean, I mean for one million dollars, that's almost minimum wage. Yeah, but then you, but then you're obligated through the season, which you're not if you just bring a guy up from the minors. Um. Although there's something about if he doesn't make it to opening day, you only pay a certain percentage. I don't remember that. And the other one's Danny Mendick. Who's another guy they could say, well, we don't need Josh Harrison because Danny Mendick's going to be healthy again. Uh, and Mendick was hitting very well before uh, he got hurt. He was a negative defensively as he's other than this year when he was a Golden Glove finalist, he's always been a negative defensively. Well, um, we learned this week that the Golden Glove finalist game is very shady. <laughs> when the uh, third baseman for the Rockies, who leads the league in, in errors at third base, was nominated and Manny Machado was not. Uh, <laughs> so no clue what's going on with the uh gold gloves these days that is a a weird one as it was when we saw Danny Mendick uh become a finalist and uh Yomer Sanchez win one so Yomer won well Yomer if he was left at second base was a, was a very solid defender yeah absolutely just a surprising name for the <laughs> uh the historical gold glove record you know, I love it. I think he should have 30 gold gloves. I love Gilmer. <laughs> he should also have 20 batting titles, but he <laughs> doesn't, didn't hit the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, with a couple exceptions, you pick up all of those and, and, you know, just see what happens. Unfortunately, it's looking more and more every day through my perspective that we're going to see sort of the same team. Uh, that yeah, we well, saw you, last year. You have no hope of getting rid of Grandal. Just absolutely none. No. And the salary was the, 16, 18, 200 million, something like that. Uh, you couldn't, that. They won't you eat couldn't that much. Get, you couldn't get rid of Grandal if you offered to eat 16 of the 18 now. <laughs> uh, Moncada, I mean, still had great hopes for Moncada. It's, he's so up and down. Uh, but and his trade worth is negligible. And again, the people who you ha- who have trade value, you've got no replacement for. Luis Robert, huge trade value. You've got no replacement. Yeah. Uh, Jose, well, he's gone anyway. Uh, Aloy, even though he can't play the field, who really should play left field in Houston because there's not much room to cover out there. Right. Uh, uh, huge trade value because because. He can, he's a really great hitter. Uh, but you get rid of him and, and then you're, we're back to putting Vaughn and Sheets and God knows what else. And the, I guess Pollock plays left and Sheets plays right. Vaughn plays first. And 
and you're still the worst defensive well, team. I, I think basically what we're looking at for 2023 is you're going to bring back a lot of these same guys. You're going to have a new manager. And if these guys don't produce the way they should have in 2022 and did not, then we look at a major sort of rebuild scenario. And then you will be trading Luis Robert. You will be trading Tim Anderson. You will be trading uh, Moncada. 2023 is definitely, a, you know, this is Moncada's last chance, I think, at, at being a, a pro starter is, is what he will do in 2023. He's, he's shown such signs of being great. He's clearly an athlete, but, uh, he's got to make it happen. And he's the second, he's the second best defender on the team by D, by D board, second to Josh. And if he uh, because played Luis, hard every Luis day, mysteriously forgot first. how to play center field. And that is also just mind blowing. It's, and just, he was the real golden clubber. The, the, the if a, yeah. if a manager does not come in and get this team focused on fundamentals and playing hard and hustling, I mean, hopefully the White Sox have been watching these playoffs to see what the defensive teams look like because it's really, really – I would be embarrassed if I were on the White Sox and I was watching the hustle of Cleveland, the defense of New York and Houston. I mean, I'd be truly embarrassed to to be a major league player. Now, if your ego is so big that you don't even register these things, which I think is what's happening here, uh, you won't be embarrassed, but uh, it certainly has been eye-opening to see what teams are doing well in the postseason and how hard they play versus what the White Sox did in, in 2022, which was about as lackluster in terms of the effort as you can expect from a Major League Baseball team with that kind of raw talent. Um, but all these moves we're talking about cannot be made until after the World Series uh, which I still don't know who to expect there, as we talked about in the first half. But I'm excited. You know, these playoffs started off as maybe some of the most exciting and most fun of well, my the lifetime. Games, the games themselves, even if you, you're not crazy about the teams that are there, the games have been really good. Yeah, they've been solid. They've been they've been very solid. But some of those early games were just unbelievable. I mean the the eighteen inning one nothing game. Oh yeah, nurse, yeah. Uh, that one the, that one day had to be one of the greatest days in baseball history. Absolutely, it it really was. So baseball is is being kind to our to the the viewers uh, late in the year. It's been a lot of fun watching these playoffs. We will touch base. This time next week, in which we may know who's going to the World Series, we may, we may, we may, we may not quite know, uh, but we'll probably have at least one team figured out by then. Um, but that's all the time we have for today. Do you have any final thoughts before we sign off here? No, just uh, looking forward to uh, a little more playoff action. And, of course, we're all very curious as to whether the White Sox will hire a competent manager. We're all so curious. Yet none of us are hopeful because we know he's in that front office. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week uh, for the maybe World Series edition of Sharing Socks. <laughs>